Welcome to episode seven of A Conversation With. This is a conversation with Hal or Alex. Uh, what is it, Alex? Uh, Chisholm. Chisholm, that's what it is. Okay. Professional. Professional music producer based in Detroit. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name's Alex. I go by Hal. Uh, been producing for almost 10 years now. Uh, I'm based just outside of Detroit. Uh, mainly like to work with, you know, like drill and bass and, you know, IDM, Bray Dance, kind of early warp reflex. Oh, yeah. So just, you know, kind of to dive right in, what would you say your most influential three albums are? Three albums that influenced you the most? Um, probably number one would be Go Plastic. Nice. Squirt Pepper, obviously. Um, honestly, that's kind of hard. Uh, <laughs> go off subject, it'd probably be um, Geo Gotti by Boards of Canada. That kind of was originally what kind of got me into producing this kind of stuff. Um, and then, honestly, uh, it's a toss-up. <laughs> trying to think of the Bogdan album. Um, no, I'm, honestly, probably Amber by Odd Tecker. Um, kind of a lot of those synth melodies and stuff like that. I, I yeah, you know, really influenced. Not so much the drums. Obviously, I more breakbeat oriented, but right the the overall textures in that album, I I really appreciate. So. What got you into electronic music? Uh, it's a funny story. I was always a drummer, actually. Um, I kind of grew up in high school playing drums in like grind bands. I was obsessed with the Locust and stuff like that. And uh, did you, you say know, a grind got, band? Yeah, you know, just essentially just really fast, chaotic. Oh, music. Um, which kind of you know, obviously, the stuff I produce now isn't actually too far off from that, but uh. Right. I got sick of playing in bands, so I went to recording school um, here locally in Detroit. Um, and then once I got out of that, I started working in a studio, and I decided I didn't like working in a studio uh, on other people's music. But that got me into the field of you know making music with a computer. So I was kind of like, well, I can do that from home. And uh, yeah, now I'm sitting what, in my own studio. <laughs> what studio did you work at? Uh, it's called Rust Belt. Uh, it's in Royal Oak, Michigan. Uh, it's nice. a pretty big studio. Yeah. But, Doesn't so. it, from, from how you phrased it and how you talked about how you went from being in a band and then deciding it wasn't for you and then working with people in a studio and then leaving, it doesn't sound like you like understood or at least you didn't know where how people played a role in your relationship to music. It sounds like you were like, especially working in a band, you probably, you had your own creative direction that you wanted to go. Exactly. And as a drummer, obviously, you know, you, I mean, you have some creative control, but you know, it's <laughs> definitely kind of a backseat position a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Hey, just stay in time, bro. Okay. Me and Caden yeah, exactly. are, are also both drummers. Yeah. I drummed in high school. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen you, you guys drumming on your stuff and whatnot, oh, yeah. but yeah, then the studio was kind of the, the same thing it's you know you're working on other people's stuff it's it's kind of it definitely feels more like a job than like a creative process yeah yeah so yeah i just kind of i don't know I how long wanted, did you do that for uh about two years uh nothing crazy okay yeah. what would you say you know from that experience what would you say that you learned out of that experience you know, that you took away from working at the studio yeah Oh, that's hard. It's actually, the stuff we were doing, like uh, one of the last projects we were working with was Dennis Coffey was one of the original Funk Brothers. So there's not too much that translates into this kind of right. stuff, but just, um, I don't know. I mean, just the overall process. I mean, I, I, I took way more from recording school than I did from actually working in the studio as far sure. as what I do currently. Um, but there's, you know, there's definitely, you know, different recording techniques and, um, one of the producers there who actually does a lot of my mixing now, uh, his name's Eric Hogemeyer. Um, he, I always liked working with him because he was super experimental. He was the guy that's like, let's try running this through this, you know, taped away into this old flanger through, you know, Mike the Cab in a weird way. You know, he was definitely like right. more, um, where a lot of the guys there, like, were obviously very, very 
talented engineers, but they were kind of more like they knew what they wanted to do. You know, kick drum came sense. through. Yeah, right. just made made everything sound good, but it wasn't exactly there wasn't like experimentation to it. Right. So speaking of uh, Eric, he mastered your latest release then. Yeah, mixed and mastered. Yeah, very nice. So you don't you don't do your own mixing then? No. Um, there's two parts of that. A Eric's really really good. I I, I can't even compare to what he does, and we're right. still close friends. So, um, and B I've I'm always really busy with my job, so the time that's allotted in that, I, I just don't have. I'd rather spend it making music. That makes sense. That's smart. So, so yeah, tell us a little bit about, a bit about your latest release. It came out on Detroit Underground? Yeah, it came out on uh, Detroit Underground, a self-release. Um, yeah, it was something that I just kind of been working on for a couple of years. Um, it's a definitely heavily renoise tracker-based right. uh, you know, a lot of SH-101 and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there, there wasn't really an overall concept with that album. It just kind of came together. Uh, you know, I, actually, the concept came from me trying to put the tracks in some kind of order that actually made sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I know what you mean. I mean, going back to my job, like, I, you know, I really write music in, you know, 20 to 40 minute intervals. Right. So it's, it, you know, it's, a lot of my tracks too, like you know, if you if you listen to them, they'll just suddenly change right in the middle of the song. It's like I'm yeah. DJing like that, but it's it's literally just kind of ran out of time. And when I came back to it, I couldn't figure out what the hell I was doing, so I just kind of take it somewhere else and then try and stitch it all together. You know, right? So, but, what, uh, what's your process? I mean, I, I, we can see some lovely equipment behind you. Maybe give us a little uh, tour of your studio from what we can see from here. Oh yeah. Um, well, behind me is uh, obviously the Kai S1100 uh, sampler, which is relatively new. I got this after the DU album. Um, I'm kind of using it more of an effect box right now. Right. Uh, sampling everything into it, getting it out into renoise and slicing that up. I got my 101 here. Um, I got the Behringer MS1, which I haven't really used. I'd gotten it because I got sick of rendering this all the time because I used the 101 <laughs> so much. So I figured I'd have two. But I don't know. It, it gets some use, I guess. It, it really, to me, doesn't sound the, sound the same. Yeah. Um, it's a little too pretty for my liking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got the computer, Renoise up here. Uh, right here is a Roland JD990. Um, oh, nice. I use quite a uh, you know, kind of classic rompler sounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I got a, what else do I have? 606, Moog, Mother 32 is right here. Uh, 303, um, the Cyclone Analogic, not a real one. Uh, kind of for, but it kind of keeps going. Uh, there's, I might kind of, uh, see if I can do this. Like oh, in sweet. a circle oh, of dang. stuff. <laughs> Very nice. You know, there's a lot going on here on this side. On. Is that a 202? Like Lambda. Yep, 202. High nice. end tracker. Cast pad. Uh, Mega FM synth, which has been pretty cool. It's a little hard to tame, though. What uh, FM synth? Uh, Mega FM. Oh, oh I've heard. What do you think about those? I I, I was looking great. at one. I mean, it's really cool. I mean, it's got two, whatever, the Sega Genesis chips in it or whatever. Um, you know, total FM synthesis, but... It's great for certain things, but it has a lot of noise. Um, I've heard it was very street. harsh. Yeah, it's it's definitely really harsh. I mean, it definitely has got that you know classic, you know, game sound to it. But uh, right. I find the noise in certain circumstances can become a a little too much. I tend to use it for like plinky sounds that are kind of short, so it's not just this wall of noise that's behind right. your music all the time. But uh. I mean, honestly, I could probably just get away with my 101 and the the Prophet Six. Those are those are the two I use the most. So, would you choose those if you had to get rid of everything, aside from those two? Honestly, I could probably slim down to just the 101. I mean, besides sampling and stuff like that, I mean, it's it's really the instrument that kind of ends up on everything. Yeah. Uh, Was that inspired by the you know the heavy use of 101 on square pushers and? <laughs> yeah, I want to remind about there. that. Yeah, that's absolutely. So, what was your childhood like? Were your parents into music? 
No, uh, no, it's weird. Actually, my sister's actually a musician too, which is, I don't know how we both kind of ended up doing it. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, my dad's actually from England and stuff like that. But uh, we, yeah, pretty standard childhood, you know, grew up playing soccer, stuff like that. Um, right. But yeah, music was never really part of it. My dad had a, a guitar laying around that he had bought when he was in the army. Yeah. And uh, you know, me and my sister would kind of pick it up and mess around with it. Um, we both ended up doing school band uh, pretty okay. early on, which I think kind of led. Uh, that's how I started playing drums anyway. But uh, yeah, my my sister's actually a guitarist um, in this band called The End of the Ocean, which is like a post-rock band that's on oh, nice. uh, Equal Vision Records. Uh, so yeah, she's doing pretty well with that. Yeah, that's but uh, that's that's funny. It, that sounds very similar to my childhood. I'm not even joking. Yeah. My dad yeah, is like, a guitar. He got when he came out of the army, and it's sitting around in our living room, and no one else in my family is a musician. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. I mean, I didn't really remember like listening to music growing up. Like my wife, for example, her dad's obsessed with listening to music. You know, like in the car and at the house, there's always music playing. It's like I feel like me and my sister kind of grew up in silence. <laughs> yeah, I, I find yeah. it interesting how some people like, you know, your Mike, my, my childhood growing up it's rare even now when there's not music on like i mean growing up music was just like such a massive part and someone like you and caden which they didn't grow up listening to music in the end it didn't really make a difference you know i i, yeah. I find that pretty interesting yeah no for sure so yeah, what, really... so what kind of what what really keeps you inspired and what was the first kinds of music that you really like you were saying you had these couple first albums that you said you were were your favorite when did you really get introduced to the genre i know you said you were drumming for a bit in high school were you listening to were you listening? Music? yeah no no i i really wasn't um you know i had known about like obviously aphex when square pusher right. <laughs> honestly mainly from the the chris cunningham like tape of all oh, the oh yeah music videos um which i you know a buddy of mine had access to that right. it, yeah it was a weird progression it was kind of you know honestly when i started making music on my own um here you know i it, it definitely wasn't this kind of genre it was more when i started to try and push it you know because i got used to playing music and you know acoustic bands where it was kind of like you're always trying to play faster and push the music and, you know, try yeah. different things. I know. Yeah. I know what you mean. So it kind of, you know, led me into that. Like my, my wife actually had, uh, you know, quite a few square pusher and Aphex twin albums when we, this was kind of right when we first met. Nice. And, uh, so I kind of like remember saw them on the shelf and I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. And I, you know, picked them up and it was just kind of like, I never put them down again. And then just kind of went down that rabbit hole. What do you think? Um, like you know, these days with inspiration and stuff, what's your process? Not in the studio. Do you have a routine that you go through before you start working on music to help you get inspired or things like that? Oh no, not so no. not so much. It's it's you just show up. <laughs> yeah, it's really like my wind down. I'm kind of under the thing. It's just like you just start writing, and if you're ten minutes into it and you're not liking where it's going, you just save it and then on to the next until something kind of you know that, that's smart yeah you know I, I i barely like actually it, it doesn't take me very once i get into a song it doesn't take me very long to write it right you know, a lot of my songs i'll write in a day but it's impressive i gotta like it out of the out of the gates it's gotta it's it's gotta kind of grab me from the beginning otherwise it yeah. just it's kind of like writers when you write something and you just you know toss it in the trash next to you that's kind of my writing process makes sense so what are some of your other hobbies other than other than music uh yeah record collecting is a big a big yeah. one I'm a big record collection which i'm probably sh sure you've seen on my instagram and stuff like that um <laughs> yeah just that uh I like to travel. I do a lot of traveling. Well, yeah. did a lot of traveling, obviously pre-COVID. Um, you know, I like to uh, you know, go to Europe and uh, just went to Japan relatively recently. Um, but uh, yeah, just besides that, I mean, my 
to be honest, my job, I'm the director of operations for a restaurant group. So, um, I have very little free time with that. that I, I know the restaurant industry is very demanding. Yeah. I got places that are open in the morning and places that are open in the night. So I'm pretty much on call. Every yeah. Weekend. Dang. But, do, you, do you see your life going more towards professional music? Like, would you like to at some point only do music? No, honestly, I, I, I like where it sits in my, my life is that's it's, it's my shape. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's honestly, I make music for myself. I mean, I, I really do. And then it's just right. kind of, I hit a point eventually where I was just like, well, I probably should, you know, get it out there. And it's so convenient to get it out there now. Yeah. But, you so, know, I, I don't really play live or anything like that. It's just, it's really just kind of honestly my form of like meditation almost. That makes sense. That's powerful. So uh, as far as, you know, kind of segueing from meditation, something I've been messing around with recently is do I stay up late and work on music? Or do I get up extra early? Because I've got a daughter and I have not very much free time. So it sounds like you're kind of in the similar thing. How Do you stay up late or do you get up early? Uh, I get up early. How about how early? Uh, usually about six on a good day. Nice. So what's your morning routine like? I mean, that's how, my, that's how early I work normally. So it's usually just a mad dash for the door. But... Um, <laughs> Saturday mornings, honestly, is kind of when I write most of my music. That's yeah. kind of my my biggest time to be able to do that. Um, and I don't have the weight of everything that happened that day over me. So I like just wake up, make a cup of coffee, go down to the studio and just kind of, you know, start messing around. Make the magic uh, happen. Yeah. But I definitely work better in the morning than I do at night. Usually at night, I'm just too tired or that makes just sense. going out of my mind. So do you read, do you read books? No. No. So how about <laughs> do you watch, He's do you watch movies? Yes, I, I, I do watch movies. Um, I'm not a big like movie buff, but you know, I definitely watch movies. You know, I, I'm married now, so it's, right. it's uh, very much like what we, you know, total yeah. kind of standard movie night. What do we want to watch? You know, what, what would be some of your favorite movies? If you just had to name three, three, well, obviously my hell, uh, 2001, the space Odyssey. <laughs> is my favorite movie. Um, other ones, uh, man, that's hard. He's very yeah. good. Yeah. I, yeah. I love movies with that kind of feel. Um, yeah. Kind of slow. Uh, what were you, what would you do if you were, if you were sent out of space, sent out into space like that? It's <laughs> a good question. Probably not much. <laughs> I'm pretty good at chilling when I need to be. So I'd probably just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially yeah. if you, I remember you, uh, he was playing, wasn't he playing classical music? Yeah. Yeah. There's all the, like the spaceships that are kind of like dancing with, within the classical music and stuff like that. Such a good movie. Yeah. I'm actually a big Stanley Kubrick fan, fan in general. I love a lot of his movies, you know, Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Clockwork Orange is very intense. Yeah. <laughs> so, in what ways do you, would you say that music, you know, what what roles would you say music plays a role in in your life? Honestly, it's an, it's it's an escape for me. You know, yeah. um, it's, it's really doesn't translate into any other aspects of my life, which which I actually like that it's it's kind of my own it island. Has a, yeah, like you said, it has its place. Yeah, exactly. You know, it doesn't remind me of what's going on outside of this room. So it's very much just like a, it's my Island. It's my space. It's my, you know, it's your little playground. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very uh, therapeutic for me. I put it, put it that way. Yeah. I mean, music, I feel like it's just such a powerful thing. Cause it can say like, it doesn't involve any words. You don't need to, you don't yeah. need to say cause words are just symbols. And if you're yeah. just and if you're speaking in music, you're essentially speaking in raw emotion. I mean, when no, you go in, you're, you're not. I I I take it you're not thinking very critically about your music as you're making it. I mean, I know you said that you, in the first ten minutes, if it doesn't sound great, you sort of just dump it and jump to the next one. But once you're really into a rhythm, do you find yourself just sort of like? an hour passes and 
oh you yeah feel like for it sure. had been you, you you feel like it had been five minutes and you're sort of just in this flow zone oh for sure yeah that's if i can get into that flow zone which you know does happen it's generally all the songs i've, I've produced have kind of come out of that flow zone um because like i said i don't like to force things but that makes sense um, it just yeah um lost my train of thought but you know, like going back to emotion, it, it does, the thing that I like about it is it, it does translate into the music, even if you're not trying to. Like, I'm never trying to sit there and be like, I want to make a slow, sad song or whatever. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if, if I'm really tired that day, there's, I'd probably turn the BPM down just because I didn't right. want to listen to <laughs> you, you don't want to be there for yeah. the, well, I mean, <laughs> your BPM, slow BPM is like my hyper fast BPM still. <laughs> yeah, one sixty would be a, be a slow song for me for sure. Oh, holy smokes! I'm the highest I've pushed any of the the BPMs on my equipment's like one fifty. I don't really go past that. And right I, now I'm working I, I, in like I do eighty-five. Fast. I, do, I like fast songs too. Yeah. So how how long have you have you always worked with with trackers? You're always ideal. Um, um, no, actually, I, I started out in Logic. Um, okay. I have a few EPs that I'd done in Logic, uh, which are kind of just are on the sitting on Spotify somewhere. I'm not even sure how to find them. <laughs> um, and then from there I got into, uh, I got in Bitwig when it first came out. Okay. Um, and I got really into Bitwig. So uh, I did an album called Introvert with a, a label called Programma out of D, uh, San Diego, uh, which was mainly all done in Bitwig. Um, I don't remember even how I came across trackers. It might've been, I don't know, some video of like Venetian snares or something like that. And it was just kind of like, oh, he, does, he uses Renoise. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah. So I, I picked it up. It's really, it's a really cheap software. You know, it was like 60 bucks. It wasn't much like a decision. And uh, yeah. So I started, you know, learning trackers and I, I just fell in love with it. The, the workflow works really well. It makes my brain think differently too, because there's really not so much a visual aspect to it. Like you don't have waveforms and all this stuff. Right. It's just literally. So I found myself using my ears a lot more. Um, that makes sense. And, you know, seeing everything so arranged so perfectly. On a I timeline. like how linear trackers are. It's very, I do this work here and then I can copy paste if I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can sort of see, you can make a structure just by looking at it. You can be like, all right, well, here's the first part. And then I maybe copy paste it and change the second part of it a little bit. For me, it's like I'm speaking a language. It's like my first section is the question and then the next one's the answer. And then maybe the next two parts are like a different take on the question. You know what I mean? It's... I like that no, aspect. It's, it's, it's a super intuitive workflow. I mean, it, it's it's definitely hard to wrap your mind around it for the first you know month or so, but once you get it, it, it just makes it honestly makes more sense does, to me. Does Renoise have the little co- hexadecimal sort of effects yeah. on the right Which, side of it, where you have to like put yeah, yeah. G for but, tremolo yeah, have, or exactly? Okay. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of effect commands. Um, you know. You can reverse stuff, pitch stuff up and down. You can slide. You can uh, roll. There's there's a million different things you can do. You can do combinations of all those things and get weird glitchy sounds and stuff like that. It's just it, it's really fast, especially for drums. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously the drum programming is a big part of my my music, and uh, that you know it's way way faster, way more intuitive um, in a tracker for sure. And now really. Honestly, it's because it's a great sequencer for external uh, gear too. I, I really prefer to sequence, you know, things like the one-on-one and stuff like that. I sequence through uh, Renoise. So it triggers so, MIDI. Yeah, it can send MIDI, and then uh, with my one-on-one, cool. I have like, like an old the original Arturia beat step that I just used honestly as a MIDI to CV converter. Oh, huh. And just that's, sick. that's how you run the the one-on-one. Uh, then obviously stuff that's MIDI, I, I run through MIDI. It's a little pain because then you have to you have to render everything down. Um, oh yeah. Individually, because you can only record one audio source at a time, so it's not like you can record the full mix all in one go. Um, yeah, but uh, no, I've, it's definitely my favorite 
place to work and eventually finishing up an album that I actually went back into Bitwig and started using Bitwig again. Now, mainly because they just kind of added all this stuff and I was just kind of messing around with it, which, you know, I, I really like how the album's going, but I, I will say I can definitely tell that I didn't do it in a tracker, not yeah. in a bad way. It's just, it, I sound different. It just, just the workflow makes my end product, uh, you know, different because of the limitations and you know to each and right. i found you- the same thing i i grew up using a tracker making music on it and then all of a sudden i swapped to ableton like yeah. and i i've made i've made one song that i released with the tracker and i always find it's just very different it's and it's not better or worse. It's just so uh, it's just so unique. Tracker music, yeah. how you make it, how it sounds. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't do a bit like you know my what I do in Renoise and vice versa. So it's really just kind of how I'm how I'm feeling that day, and you know, so I do bounce back quite a quite a bit between the two. I still can't get into Ableton though. I've tried a million times. I, I just. I find it completely un- unintuitive. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, for, it's for me, for me, the reason I, I think that Ableton works so well is like I've been playing classical piano for about twenty years now, so to wow. have something that's super non-invasive like Ableton, where I can just kind of hit record and work on my stuff and kind of almost like just let it run. It's very transparent for me. Yeah, that that's why. I mean, because actually, I. I started using, have you ever used Reactor? Mm-hmm. I used the, yeah. um, there was like a multi-track recorder in Reactor where you could like layer audio. And I, I would use that to make my full tracks. And so once, <laughs> once I got Ableton, I pretty much just use it as a multi-track recorder. So, but, so something I wanted to talk about. So you, some of your favorite artists, you know, Aphex Twin Boards of Canada and stuff. Would you ever see yourself putting out a release on Warp? Yeah, that's hard to say. Uh, I feel like that label is really, and I, I still love Warp and you know the releases, but I, I definitely think they've, you know, they've grown up a bit into a different, yeah, you know, it's know almost a different mean. genre of I, yeah. from what where they were, which which is you know which is great you know it's they're still finding unique artists which is the whole point of the thing is right you know people that are pushing the boundaries and stuff i just don't know if they're it's so much pushing the boundaries and you know obviously there's you know apex twin and square pusher are still releasing stuff so um yeah that's hard i don't know there's there's i honestly with this genre i feel like there's so many smaller labels now that are actually carrying more weight within the genre yeah I think um, so too. I, I agree. I mean, we and Caden run a label ourselves actually. Just officially opened it. But so what are you listening to these days? Like what what have you listened to today, if if anything? That's uh, the today was mainly plaid I was listening to. Nice. What album yeah. or just a mix? Yeah, just kind of a mix. It was uh on my computer a lot today, so I just kinda of had it running. Nice. So Real basic question: What's your favorite color? Green. Green. How come? I don't know. Just, just, just color. Co- I mean, <laughs> co- co- it's it's so hard to describe why those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, things just are. You know, you say, like, yeah. "Oh, this is the color green," and you look at it and you're like, "Okay." Like I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just like green. I don't know. I, I like green shirts. <laughs> just yeah. Kinda, yeah. But uh, some so something I like to ask people, especially if they're like, I mean, we just interviewed DJ Food and he's huge. When they, I like to interview people who are on their way up, and I would definitely say, from even just like looking at your releases and your attention, I would definitely say you're on a track to getting a lot more attention musically. So, what would you say, you know, five years down the road when you're mega famous for making uh, drill and bass music? We'll interview again then, but right right now, what what advice would you give people who are just getting into music and want to do anything musically? Um, just do it, and and honestly, it's it's. I think some people, you know, 
want to sound like somebody so bad. I mean, obviously, you know, there's techniques involved and genres and stuff like that, but some people get so lost in that that it becomes frustrating. Yeah. Uh, you know, trying to emulate this person that like, it's like, I'm never going to be a square pusher. There's, there's, there's no way it's, you know, even the stuff he was doing at age 17 years old, it's yeah. still kind of like, I don't know how the hell he did it, but uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of figuring out and, you know, just taking the time to, you know, just experiment, you know, if, if you don't know how to do, you know, cause even when I started producing, it still wasn't like crazy on YouTube on how to show you how to do stuff. You kind of just had to experiment until you got something that was similar yeah. sound to what you were going to. And, uh, but that's how you develop your own sound too, is just kind of figuring out your own way to maybe get an end product that's similar to somebody else, but maybe the road you took there was different. So it ends up sounding different. Right. Um, but just not worrying about it so much. You know, I, I think so many people spend months and months tweaking songs and stuff. It's just, sometimes it's good just to spit one out, at least finish it, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and just let it be on. what it is. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then let the market decide if they think it, you know, I, the one thing that surprises me every time is when you release something that you just don't, you're just either you're unsure, you know, it's very ambiguous. And then there's just someone out there who likes it and you're just, I'm always, I'm always caught off guard by that. And I think even in the attempt to try and emulate somebody, you just, you get to be even more so who you are in music just by your attempt to emulate. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, um, (laughs) know if we lose my mind today, I promise you. Um, (laughs) no, yeah, it's just it's just not trying hard. It's just letting it be fun, honestly. Yeah. You know, obviously have an idea of what you want to do, but so, there's so many times that like I get stuck creatively. And I'm just like, you know, I'm gonna make some like really dancey track that I know I'm never going to do anything with, but it's just something that's so mind-numbingly easy, and just right. kind of just to do something, you know. But uh. So how do you feel about managing? this restaurant these is it a chain or is it local no it's an independent crew so they're independent restaurants but um it's good i mean i you know i i love the job i've I've been doing it for like 12 years now wow um it's uh you know it's it's been great it's you know it's it's a lot of work but it also allows me a lot of freedom too in its own way okay the position i'm in is kind of more this is what needs to get done and let's just get it done. It's not like I'm like clocking in, clocking out, stuff like that. So it's, uh, you know, is those it, is me- it desk based? Is it like, uh, it's, it's, it's all over the map. You know, there's sometimes I'm in the stores. Yeah. A lot of it's desk work, you know, overseeing construction projects and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely all encompassing, uh, you know, but it's, uh, it's allowed me to, to have the things that I've always wanted. So, um, sure. Yeah. You know, I can't complain about it makes sense so if you had a billboard and you could put anything you wanted on it what would you put on it that's hard (laughs) (laughs) there's cars going down the highway there's a billboard up to the right what do you see hundreds of people see it they stop they they pass by for work every day they see it Probably the cover of like the Richard D. James album. Just <laughs> weird face. Might get some car crashes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I That'll make to, people think. I used to want the shirt. They you could there was someone selling it. It was an all over print shirt with his face, like from the Richard D. James album. I asked my parents for it every year growing up and they were just like, You're we're never gonna get you that shirt. <laughs> it's so creepy. You didn't even get yourself it. No, I haven't even got. I don't think I'd wear that in public. I don't know. I might if I got it. My wife wouldn't let me. <laughs> you might enjoy this. I'll grab this off the wall and say, "Show what you got." That's how it breaks. Yeah. Yeah, I got fucking. Oh, oh my god! Are you kidding me? Oh boy. Fucking creepy as hell. My wife absolutely fucking hates this thing. <laughs> Here, put it on. You gonna go around on Halloween this uh, this year with that? Uh, I, I've done it. I don't oh, doubt it. Oh man! Oh my yeah. god! Oh, uh, that's something. Good. Oh my <laughs> god! 
Uh, uh, where did you find that? Uh, I think I because I was that was going to be my Halloween or was my Halloween costume. I think I got some guy in Etsy to make it for me. Are you kidding me? Some guy on <laughs> Etsy makes masks. That's actually yeah. pretty cool. That yeah. Nice speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got the umbrella. <laughs> you know, I got, I got oh, you did. You did get the umbrella. Yeah. Nice. Well, I almost I got one before they re-released it. I when I was using it as a costume, I I'd gotten another person on Etsy to make me the umbrella. But uh-huh. I've since bought the the official one or whatever. But I tried to get the what was it? Things like the the beach towel, but I think they sold out too fast. Oh, I know. I was able to get the the slip mat this time, but the, yeah, that was oh, nice. as far as I could give it. So those papers going like five seconds. <laughs> yeah, really. So, do you do any DJing with vinyl or just listen? Uh just listen. I, I don't know the first thing about DJing, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, me neither. So, what what's the latest record you've played on your turntable? Um. Honestly, the last one I played was uh, Uzik's uh, last album uh, that just came out on Analogical Force. Oh, nice. Yeah. You like Uzik then? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Big fan of this. Yeah. I just love his melodies. You know, it's like even like I love Autechre and stuff like that, but I'm definitely more drawn to stuff that obviously has that that amount of chaos, but has. that that melodic structure still, which Control is kind of chaos. yeah, exactly. But still has you know some something that's memorable to it. I mean, that's why you know speaking of Autechre, that's why I love Amber. Is you know I felt like they really had that that element. Um, you know, and I, I love modern Autechre too, but it's right kind of like I don't even know what track I'm listening to at this point. You know, it's yeah. just kind of they all blend together. But what did yeah. you think of their? Uh, I think it was plus. There, there were those two oh. releases that came out. I've got one of them over yeah. here. I, I got one of them too. I honestly, it might still be in the shrink wrap. I don't even know if I've actually sat on and listened to it yet. I've got mine in the shrink wrap as well. Yeah, I, ne- I haven't I opened have. it. I, I was mostly yeah. sold on the cover. It's just really pretty. I know. I keep going to buy the other one, and I'm like, I haven't even listened to the other one yet. <laughs> I, just, I need to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty notorious for buying too many records at the same time, and then I just don't end up listening to them and they just sit in a giant pile but yeah so so you're so do you use spotify and then do you just do you listen here and there or are there times where you're like i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna listen to 30 minutes of whatever the heck i want yeah i mean obviously when i'm at home i listen to vinyl um depending Uh, you know i like to put on vinyl and like clean the house or just like sitting around chilling working on my laptop at home um but then uh I don't know. I use Spotify. Yeah, I do use Spotify. Uh, it's great for in the car and stuff like that. I'm a big Bandcamp user. Um, nice. So I like Bandcamp. I, I, yeah. Bandcamp's good for artists. Yeah, exactly. And there's just so much stuff out there that you know you there wouldn't is. find on Spotify, especially for this kind of genre and stuff like that. Uh, it's just it's almost not even worth it to put stuff on Spotify anymore. Yeah. So speaking of Bandcamp, are there any new artists that you found like v- small, small? almost unheard artists that you've discovered on Bandcamp that you really like that you want to tell us about? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, there are a few. I never remember these guys' names. <laughs> I, yeah, I know what you mean. And then I, I just think it's cool. I wanted to start asking our guests that because you find these little teeny artists and then when they get a shout out on a podcast, you link their page and they're like the best day in the world for them. <laughs> yeah, there's a guy, uh, Lucas Thompson. That I listen to that I really enjoy. What kind of music uh, is that? It's almost like Bogdan a little bit. It's it's definitely I can definitely tell he's influenced by um, by him. It's just but it's just he's got some really solid melodies. His his drum programming it's kind of got that lo-fi kind of eight bit old school tracker sound to it. Wait, um, is the picture like a a cow? No, it's just okay. It's, I'm thinking of someone else. It's ru- <laughs> red. Just I think the album's called blood, uh, Bright Blood Beats. Nice. Dang. <laughs> I'll have to link it in the description. Bright Blood yeah. Beats. Sweet. Yeah. He's a uh, he's pretty solid. I mean, um, you know, I'm really liking labels like uh, 
Concrete College has been another one. I, I really enjoyed the artists on that. Um, actually, uh, Jerry LaFilm, uh, Flynn did a remix for me that I'm going to have on my next release. Nice. Super, super talented guy out of London. Yeah, um, speaking of remixes, you did one for my album whenever it comes out. Yeah. Actually, and yeah. it's, I'm, ex- I'm yeah. so I listened excited. to that one. It's very, it's very like, I like it. Earthy and I like, love that remix. Face. Probably one of the coolest remixes I've ever gotten. It's, it's, very different. I so kind of segueing from that. What tips do you have? I mean, for the life of me, I can't make drill and bass. I've tried it. I I guess maybe I just don't have the right personality or, or brain type or something. But I just can't seem to get them to drive as good as yours do. What's your t- What's your secret? Uh, it's hard. Uh, I mean, Probably I usually- a tracker. Yeah, that does help, uh, to be honest. But, you know, I've done it in Bitwig, too. Um, I I generally start with uh, the lead line um, in my music, uh, just getting some kind of melody. And then generally I'll write the drums from there, and then I'll write the bass to match the drums is kind of my my way of getting into that. And I, I tend to not worry about... I tend to just write a bunch of sections to a song and not worry how... I get get there for say, and then I kind of just stitch everything together. So I kind of worry about how things make sense after the fact. Yeah, it's an interesting approach. Yeah, good way to think about it. I mean, you could think about. Yeah, it's just interesting because my music style of production versus Cadence versus yours versus you know DJ Foods, and we talked to friend uh, Carmel Chameleon. They're all so yeah. different. I find that really interesting because he uses. Uh, like a tape deck, I think he said he uses to record all of this stuff. But um Oh yeah, or yeah, Carmel Chameleon. Yeah, he had a really interesting that was, yeah, that was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, so he's got a record that guy uh, I'm obsessed with it. I've been listening to that a lot. Oh Carmel yeah. Chameleon? Yeah, he's pretty yeah. cool. What what album what record is it? Uh shoot, I don't know. It's got like a blue and orange cover on it or something like that. Was it Solar Solarito? Solitaire. No, I think that Solitaire. I think that one was Red, red, oh, oh, yeah, I've got that one with me. Take, take, I already have this up. Hold on, blah, 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 blah. yeah, his, stu- his stuff is super cool. Yeah, it's a solitario, solitario. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a sick release. Yeah, it really is. You guys should do a collab, do one of hit remix of one He's of his. He's totally stuff. chill, he'd work. Yeah, with he'd you. totally do it. <laughs> yeah, <I'd love laughs> to, honestly, yeah, it's funny when you for remixes, like, I still. I don't know if I'm like good at remixing or if I'm awful because I I cannot for the life of me make a remix sound anything like the original. <laughs> I just I, kind I'm of, the same way though. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I take it yeah. literally when they say remix, I just like take everything, jumble it up, and I do my own thing. Yeah, yeah you gave me a sample pack is what I yeah, do that, it. That, yeah. That's how I see yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep the bass and then everything else. Nah. Yeah. So I might I might chop up your drum pattern and rearrange it a little bit, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> so about making music, do you often just play music and just not record anything, just play it? Um, I mean, no, not not so much. I mean, with the tracker, you're kind of recording as you go anyway, right? Um, so no, I mean, I recently had hooked up. I don't know. I never made music just in a hardware form before, you know, um, it's never been part of my workflow, but I just recently, since I've been trying to get into this polyan tracker, Oh, um, nice. I, uh, you know, actually my, my studio is an absolute disaster right now. Cause I kind of <laughs> un everything and, you know, I should say had it working with the 202 and no, I mean, I don't even know how I'm going to get up right now. I'm about killing myself, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I liked the workflow of working all in hardware. I never really get in the shop before. I mean, it's definitely faster because you're just kind of essentially jamming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I still don't know if it's for me yet. I'm still kind of figuring that one out. But uh, when's the last the, the time pop- you've played live music? God. It's been a long time. Probably like six years ago. And even, even that wasn't really live. That was for like a local Detroit radio station. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I've only ever really you played... played wait, you played for a, a radio station? 
Yeah, there's like there's this. Uh, it's called three one three FM. It's like a okay. local uh, electronic station. Um, it's mainly you know techno house kind of stuff like that. But uh, they were um, doing essentially where you'd come in, do a set. There'd be like three or four guys, and then they'd, they'd put this out there. But uh, yeah, that, that that was fun. I mean, I don't know the first thing about playing live. It's I've done it a few times, but. You know, it's kind of one of those things that's uh, the way I produce music and write music. It's not really, it, I just feel, it's, it's almost like I feel like I can't translate it to live without just being the guy that's kind of hidden. Very, it'd be hard to just not just click play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean to be honest, the, the few times I've done it, I've just kind of wrote out my set in, in Bitwig and just ran my computer through two chaos pads. And that was my set. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the live experience it can be a tough one because I saw, I, I I mean, I see a lot of live music and some of them really do just more or less click play. Even if they're DJing, you know, it's like one song, even if it's their own music, you know, cue up the next song and stuff, which is essentially click and play because they don't do much transitions. And I think it's more of just the experience of being there. They're there for you. So like if you're there live, they're there for the most part to see you on stage yeah you know which no, is which sure. is pretty cool the hard no, thing for sure i would definitely do it again yeah. um you know especially now i'm kind of gotten to know more people from detroit underground because before i mean i was not involved in the scene around here at all yeah how did you uh, get, how did you link up with detroit underground how did you find out about them uh well i'd known about them for years i'd, I'd actually been sending kiro i'd sent him my last two albums prior to this one um which obviously he didn't take, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I ended up befriending um, Cam Cushion and uh, Program Seventeen on Instagram. Uh, nice. kind of local to me, yeah, and uh, you know they, you know, liked my music and stuff like that. And then they had reached out to Kiro to contact me, and then Kiro contacted me, and I, you know, sent him the album. You know, he's a fun guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's such an. Uh, he's such a silly guy when you talk to him on the phone <laughs> yeah. i mean honestly without instagram I, I i mean that's kind of a what gave me the confidence to to put my music out there because right you know and you get people commenting oh it's good and it's like okay cool i'm you maybe this is good you know um but uh yeah no it's been nice i mean it's definitely because uh, i i love the guys on on programma um this olx facts he's just a solid solid dude um, but the problem is they, you know, they're kind of people from around the world. So it's not really anybody. What locally. is that? Pro- what did you say? Programma XX? No, no, it's just programma. P R zero G R A M M A. Okay. It's, I have two full lengths to split and a few other things on, on that label, a couple of remixes. Um, but, uh, they've, they've always been great. I mean, they're the ones that kind of reached out to me originally. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely, I'm probably going to put out some stuff with them again in the future here. Um, but uh, it's really nice to Detroit Underground because so many people are local in Detroit. Yeah, really. So are you in? Kind of, where are you in Detroit in relation to the city? I, I'm in Ferndale, so I'm just off Eight Mile um, in Woodward. So not too Avenue. far. Yeah, because you guys are like in Lansing or something, right? We're we're in Ludington. I'm gonna be in Lansing soon, but oh. listening to you talk about you know the having a techno radio made me jealous because. I grew up in Lansing, but then we moved to Ludington. My parents moved up here, and there's nothing up here. It's like, turn the radio on, it's either the pop music station, which is essentially on repeat, or there's country music. There's yeah. like, I think there's really only two stations in Ludington. No, there's not a bunch. So, it's, I'm so excited to be out of here again. And then, you know, we'll be down in the Detroit area and start getting more active. We'll definitely have to hook up and do some music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Totally down. At some point, I actually, I'm thinking about opening a, I was going to open a venue at some point in the next few years, just for mostly like techno music. So when I do it, well, we'll have to have you guys yeah, come to a yeah. show. That'd be for sick. For sure. Yeah. I'll so, figure out something. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be super cool. So we're almost, uh, almost at an hour here. So some of the stuff I wanted to ask you here near the end was more of like, uh, like almost like a question round. If you had to pick five of your favorite songs, what would they be? God, I'm not even good at knowing the names of songs. I kind of just listen. Um, 
honestly, my favorite song is probably Everything in the Right Place. And oh, it's yes. Right Place Radiohead. Um, yeah. That was actually another album that was really influential for me. Because I was a Radiohead fan, and once I found that. Um, let's see. Uh, Journey to Reham by Square Pusher is definitely up there. I, I just love the how, how simple it is, but also yes. so complex. Um, music is Math is probably up there. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, three. Should just say "Untitled" by Bogdan because it just gives me a whole album. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll say that's number four. Uh, yeah, that's. Oh, that's that's hard. You can uh, call it good at four if you want. Yeah, four is four is solid. Yeah, four is yeah. solid. <laughs> yeah, um, honestly, I don't know. I'm. It's weird. I'm not. Not good with like names of things and. I know what you right. mean. I, I literally just... I, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm very much, I just listen, and I can say I like that song, but I'm not like, okay, well, who made the, who did the drum part, and who, you know what I mean, and who uh, sang, yeah, and who... Probably. It's just like, this is good. Yeah. No, my memory for that kind of stuff is awful. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's like people that know actors and directors and stuff, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm <laughs> out of... I'm, I'm, I live in Iraq, honestly. So I've got a question for you. Yeah. When you think of the word successful, who's the first person that comes to mind? Huh. As, as a musician, successful? No, it could be anyone, anything, anyone. It could be a tree. Could be. Could be. Hey, tr- trees do not care. They've got their life made. Okay, bro? They don't need to prove anything to anyone. Honestly, I don't even think there's one person. I mean, it's it's real. I feel like if you're if you're doing something that makes you happy and you found balance in your life, then that makes you successful. Bingo. I think balance is successful. Yeah. What's what would you say your key quote unquote key to success for living a balanced life? Because I mean, you you've worked the same job for twelve years, and that alone is an accomplishment. So, what would you say your key to holding down a job, staying happy, and staying stable? And balancing your life. Staying stable. I'm a very committed person across my whole life. Um, You know, I'm never like the grass is greener on the other side kind of guy. I I just, you know, if I if I find something, I just find something that keeps me happy within that situation. That'd be like, you know, a job, my marriage, music, and you just keep at it. And it's just kind of they're all the same. It just all comes down to commitment, and it's just I yeah good things to. I'm, you know, no matter where you go, it's just like, or what you do, and you're always in the same place, and you can always find something that's better, but you're yeah. still in that same place. It just doesn't exactly, and it's you know, people always think you're gonna be happy doing something else, or you know, whatever. It's it's just not the truth. It's just you know, obviously, if you're in an awful situation, that's that's different. But in, yeah, in general, yeah. you know. Yeah. Got another question there? No, I like the silence. <laughs> is there anything wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with that? Yeah, we just have our the podcast is just we bring a guest <laughs> on, they say hi, and then we just sit in silence for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Silence. We with just you know, we keep Al. it we keep and then, you know, maybe fifteen minutes in we start talking about the weather. Yeah. You know, it's, like, like, it's just really it's only right small right. talk. It's really silent and it's like Hey, how's the weather in Detroit over there? Is it cloudy? Yeah. What is it like down in Detroit right now, actually? Yeah, it's cloudy. Looks like it could <laughs> rain. I know, I'm in a, a concrete bunker on the ground at the moment. but I uh, suppose it's probably the same as it is here. It looks about the same, like it could rain. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's like oh. 81 degrees, though, which is kind of weird. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm actually, 60s. I'm not surprised, honestly. Concrete jungle down there. Yeah. Are people, do, do you see, I'm, this is just, I'm actually curious. Are you seeing more people moving into Detroit or are you seeing people move out of Detroit? Are they coming in or leaving? I mean, I, I can't really speak for the city. Um, like I said, like uh, I say as a musician, I'm from Detroit just cause it's easier. I mean, I'm <laughs> right on the border of Detroit. Yeah. Even I say but, uh, that sometimes. Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, it's almost, but, uh, you know, where I live, yeah, I mean, there's definitely people trying to move in. I mean, it's still the whole game of 
you know, it's it's nobody's selling houses and stuff, so it's it's definitely hard to get into this area at the moment. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I know COVID definitely took a toll on Detroit. Uh, it was definitely you know moving quickly in the right direction. I I think I don't think it you know knocked it back a ton, but it, it definitely kind of halted a lot of things that were you know in the works. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, my daughter just walked in and she was she was looking at the screen watching. She was you. looking right at. She was you. watching you talk on the laptop, like. Yeah, good. <laughs> my cats do this all the time. So <laughs> this is my last question for you. Do you have a quote you live your life by or think of often? Yeah, honestly, honestly, I don't. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not. What about a phrase that you just or even a person say to yourself every now and then when st- stuff happens, and you're just like, "Well, yeah, no, I, I, I honestly, <laughs> I, I got nothing on that one." Um, Silence. You're a tough lemon to squeeze, there, boss. Yeah, no, I just, I just kind of go. That's just kind of my thing. I just yeah, like to stay busy, just not think about it. You know, one of my mottos in life is uh, I always do the stuff I don't want to do first thing when I wake up. It's just, I hate having things hanging over me. I'm much more of like a, just get things done and over with and move on. So, you know, not either. Have you felt that way about music? As if it's like, well, Saturday morning, I got to pump this out. Yeah, no, I definitely have. It doesn't mean that anything good's going to come out of it, but (laughs) you know, here and there, I I get a little lucky with that. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you definitely have a commitment to music, though you know you have its place. You said you know you have its place, but you you have a commitment where it's just like, all oh, right, yeah. I'm gonna show up for this. No, if I, like I can't get down here in you know a couple of days, I kind of start to freak out a little bit. It's uh, that makes yeah, sense. yeah, I know the feeling. But it's you know it's just because I haven't ex- you know it's it's obviously about the music too, but it's more that I haven't had like my own personal time and, yeah you know in a couple yeah. days kind of like i need to be by myself and just have the world leave me alone <laughs> yeah i know what you mean that make, that alone makes sense. time is so powerful so you, your first album you, you said you put in an album called introvert yeah that was my first full length why'd you name it introvert uh because i'm generally pretty introverted um and it happened to be one of the song titles, and I liked it. <laughs> so you liked it, yeah. yeah I like it. I'm not good at naming things either. Let's put it that way. It just kind of. I don't think it. it's a bad. I mean, I think it's actually a pretty cool name. It's names are so very like. We're gonna hit, like, and we've already hit a point where you can name anything, anything, and there's probably already a copy of it somewhere. Yeah. You know. You okay. Could, sure. You know what I, I mean? mean? I kind of just, you know, I, I don't go as far as the. I used to do the random number weather thing that was hot for a while, but <laughs> yeah. my first two albums like got Rat rejected. Sauce, 42. Yeah, which apparently you have to be known to be able to do that because Spotify wouldn't allow me to do that. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I ended up just naming them things, but now it's just random, just word thoughts. And that's you know? okay. Yeah. It's so, great. The Polyan Tracker has a, like a random name generator which has been quite handy but <laughs> that's awesome some bullshit at you. But <laughs> <laughs> okay so to wrap things up here because we're we're, yeah. at, we're at about an hour here um what would you say the best piece of advice you've ever been given is um like again musically or just in, in life just in general honestly I, I kind of already said it because uh, it was actually my my dad was the one that taught me that was just get the things that you you know have hanging over you done as fast as possible like wake up make the phone call you don't want to make you know run the errand you don't want to do and then it's done you know I'm, then you can have peace <laughs> That makes sense. It's it's actually a very good rule. To I mean, follow doing up, those yeah. things first just makes everything so much more free. Cause, yeah. Because then you know it's not the whole day isn't a mo- mentally taxing where you just have it hanging over you the whole time. This thing you don't want to do. It's like yeah. I prefer just to do those things and then not have to worry about it anymore. 
Makes sense. So did you work ahead in school? <laughs> oh, I was awful at school. <laughs> yeah. it's not just so maybe not for those things, but for other I things. I graduated with like a 2.2 or something like that, which was barely passing, I think. I was so you must have just not really that. cared that much? No. No, I... One of my faults, too, is I, I, I lack the ability to care about things I don't care about. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's base, It's like when you're a kid and your mom's like, this broccoli's good for you. You're going to eat it. And you're just like, no, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was oh, yeah. no, an absolute blast to have you on you're here. You're the bomb, man. Yeah. Okay? You're the bomb. We, me and Caden both, I mean, I, I think at least I have your album downloaded on my phone, and I do listen to a good bit of your music like consistently, and it's it's absolutely cool. amazing, so don't ever stop putting it out, and I'm really oh, yeah. excited to get the rele- the remix that you did for me public, because it's, it's sure. pretty great. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't even, I gotta listen to that again. It's been a minute. Pretty cool. But, uh, it's, I'm getting it up. Hopefully it'll come out on Ninja Tune is the goal. <laughs> All right. But, That's awesome. but well, hey, cool. yeah, well, thanks. Uh, yeah. In touch and, uh, we'll, we'll chat soon for sure. Yeah, thank, thanks again for coming. This was absolutely awesome. This was uh, a conversation with Hal, Alex, uh, what was it? I'm not good with names. Chisholm. 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 Yes, <laughs> yeah, Chisholm. Alex You're Chisholm. you to get that one nailed down yeah. for next time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll see you guys next Thursday.